Good evening. It's good to see all of you here. And I, I want to, if I can, just take a minute and uh, remind you or encourage you about something. We, we have our lectureship coming up in just a few weeks. And uh, I really hope, and I know that you have in the past and you have for years and years, uh, rallied behind this. But I, I want us to use that uh, as an opportunity. Uh, the theme this year is on service and how to be better servants, and we pull out examples of people who served, and so it has a very practical aspect to it. And uh, also, um, use it as an opportunity to introduce your friends. Um, maybe there are some people that can come through the day that typically can't come when they're invited to evening services. Or maybe it would be great to say, hey, you know, we had a lectureship going on, why don't you come to church with me tonight? And um, I, I just, uh, it, it's a great has great potential to reach people. It has great potential to build us up. And uh, I don't want us to have that here and we be the ones who don't uh, benefit from it. People will come from all over the country to be here among us. And uh, I I just hope that we uh, get the good out of it as well. And uh, so just be keeping that in your prayers and keep that in your plans. Uh, We want to continue our lesson, our series this evening on... Reality from TV. What we've been doing is not talking about television, but we've just been taking the title of a television program and uh, looking at some reality from the Bible uh, that that television or that show gives us a jumping off place from. We've talked about Adam's family, um, Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel. We talked about the Three Stooges which were Job's three friends who gave some very poor advice. Um, We talked about the fugitive last week, um, and we went to the book of uh, Jonah as he ran from God. Tonight, Father Knows Best. Wasn't that a good show? (laughs) I I liked that program because, you know, he just had, uh, he had all the answers, and that's the, the point. You know, you, you have problems in life. What's dad say? You know, because dad usually will steer you right. He's looking out for your good. And, and um, so tonight, what I want us to do is to jump off from that title, Father Knows Best, to uh, not a man but our Heavenly Father. Because I think that that uh, will provide for us the greatest example of a father. And and when we describe, sometimes people will say, well, God is described in terms of fatherhood. I, I don't know that that, maybe we're described in terms of his fatherhood. He's He's the model for fatherhood. He's not fashioned after the model that we have here. Uh, he has a more perfect model that we should fashion ourselves after. And so I want us to look at how Our Heavenly Father knows best. And if you would, to begin with, just open your Bible to 1 John chapter 3. And I want you to listen to what John says in verse 1. Because I, too, marvel at where we are and who we are in God's eyes. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, John said, Behold, in other words, look, would you... Would you look at this? Think about this. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it didn't know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God. 
And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. But twice in that passage, he marvels. Can you believe this? We are children of God. God is our Father. God is Creator. And as Creator, He could sustain various relationships with us had He chosen to. We could be called His friends. We could have been just called His creation. We could have just simply been called His servants. There are a number of relationships that God could have sustained with us as our Creator and and referred to us throughout Scripture in those terms exclusively. But God is so intimate with us that He says, you know what? You're more than a friend. You're more than a servant. You're more than just a creation. You are a son. You're a child. And I will be your father. That speaks volumes about how God feels about me. You see, as a parent, those of you who are parents, your kids will be in some event, some sporting event, you know, band, soccer, football, basketball, whatever it may be. Um, and, and you'll, well, like when Karn's band marches, I have the job of videoing. I, they tell me there's a band. I, I see Matthew, you know, and, and that's all that gets on the re- recording. I just follow him wherever he goes. But there are other kids out there, um, so they say. Uh, but that's my son, you know. The, the, the other kids, oh, they, they're kids too, but they're not my son. And we have that special attachment to our own, and God is saying, You are not just one of the guys. You are my son. So God is our father. It blew John away. He's he's marveling at this truth that God allows us to be called his sons and he our father. But when it comes to life, and well, you know, the, the title is a jumping off place, Father Knows Best. Let's ask the question, does he? And if he does, you know, why should I submit to my Father? Why should I listen to my Heavenly Father? And I have three reasons that I want to share with you tonight that are sufficient. And there are more, but these are sufficient. Why does God know best? Why does our Heavenly Father know best? First of all, it's because His His commandments are for his protection. That's why you should listen to him. Sometimes as children, we don't listen to our parents. We don't listen to our dads, our fathers, because we, we want to do our own thing. Or we even doubt their judgment and their wisdom in some things. And so we, we go a different direction. But what God is calling us to do is to follow him. And the reason is because he does know best. Well, why? Why should I submit to him? Why, what, what convinces me that he does know best? Well, number one, because his commandments are for our protection. If you have your Bible, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, if you just flip over a page, probably. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Some translations say grievous. 
the commandments of God are meant for our good. That doesn't mean that they're easy. It just means that they're, they're meant for our good. And I know I've used this illustration before. I wrote an article about it, and so you've probably read it. But years ago, we got, when, when I got out of school, growing up, I wanted a dog. My parents wouldn't let me have a dog. My mom, you know, hair in the house, no, we can't do that. And, and so I, I never had a dog. And I told my mom, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to graduate from college, I'm going to get married, and I'm going to get a dog. And I did. Um, and so I brought this dog home, and man, we loved this dog. And we had this perfect backyard. It was fenced in. It had trees in it. Um, it could run. There was plenty of room for it to run. There were squirrels there for it to chase to its content. And, and everything was perfect. One day, the dog got outside the fence. And she ran out in the street. She got run over by a UPS truck. <laughs> we have a few drivers here. Um, but uh, I never have liked those guys since then. But <laughs> No, I'm kidding. But the UPS truck ran over the dog. When I look back and reflect on that, that dog had everything she wanted in that fenced-in backyard. There wasn't anything outside the yard that she needed or that could satisfy her that the yard didn't already have. The fence wasn't there because we were mean, oppressive. Let's do this to the dog. You know, that's not why it was there. The fence was there for protection of the dog. You get outside the fence, there are things that can hurt you. And she learned the hard way. That illustrates, I think, what God does with his commandments. His commandments are not grievous. They are not burdensome. The reason he gave us those, no, you can't do that. No, you shouldn't do that either. It's not because he's a killjoy. It's not because there's some joy, some pleasure out there that if we engage in, we'll like, and he just doesn't want us to like it. It's for our protection. It's to keep us safe. He knows the dangers that lurk around the corner that we don't see or we're too short-sighted to see. And so he puts up the fence with his commandments and he says, stay inside of this and it's going to be good. Our problem is we jump the fence and we find out the hard way that um, there's a price to pay for breaking the commandments of God. How cool does it seem to go out with your friends and uh, abuse some substance? Looks fun. They all say it's fun. So we, we go do it. There's a price to pay for that. You know how many homes are broken because of uh, alcohol abuse or substance abuse in some form or another? The, the tragedy, the lives that it destroys, or you know whatever it may be. Uh, whatever sin it is, there, there is a price to pay. God says, as our Father, what I'm asking you to obey, I'm asking you to obey it because it's good for you. It is not burdensome. It is, I'm not trying to make things hard on you. I'm trying to keep you from a life of sorrow and heartache. Father knows best. 
That's one of the reasons we need to listen to him is because the commandments that he's given us, they're not bad. They are for our good, for our protection. Here's the second thing, and why our Heavenly Father knows best, is he's mature enough to have clear vision. What I mean by that is, as a child, sometimes, have you ever had your children make poor decisions, and you know they're poor decisions before they make them, but they, they do it anyway. And we as parents sit back and say, I knew that was going to happen. I knew it. You know why you knew it? Because of your maturity, because of your experience. You, you saw before, you, you could see the end from the beginning of, of that event. Uh, just to give you a, a simple little illustration, have you ever had your children fuss about not wanting to wear jackets in the wintertime? You need to put on a jacket. No, I don't. Yeah, you need to wear a jacket. It's going to be cold. I, I, don't, I won't get cold. We're, the sun's up right now, but we're not going to be, you know, we're going to be at a ball game, and by the time we get home, the sun will have gone down. It's going to get cold. I don't think I need one. You know they're going to be cold before it's time to go home. They can't see it. It's not that they're simply trying to be rebellious or hard to get along with. They really are short-sighted sometimes because of just immaturity. They're, they're not old enough to understand. They don't have enough experience in life to understand that certain consequences follow certain behaviors. As an adult, we see that. And that's from just a little simple illustration to a, a host of other things that are much more consequential the longer we live, the more wisdom we have, the more we see this is not going to end well when others, because of their immaturity, they don't see the end. That's why you should trust your Father, your Heavenly Father, because He has the maturity to see the end from the beginning. He has the ability, the, the wisdom. In fact, if you have your Bible, open it again to Isaiah chapter 46 and listen to what the Lord says as God is described. Isaiah 46, look at verse 10. Well, back up to verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all to my pleasure. God said, there is no one like me. I'm God. I see the end from the very beginning. You know why God's advice is always good, and you should follow it? Because he does just that. He, he can see the end from the beginning. And so you ought to listen to them. If I know today, you know, if I go across Diestone Gap when it's icy, this is what's going to happen. I can save myself a whole lot of trouble and those who will listen to me. Um, when you can see the end from the beginning, you can make good judgments. God says that's what I can do. And he can do it in that sense. Well, look at what... From Genesis 1, from the time that man sins, God has, all the way to the end, planned our redemption. 
from the very beginning, he begins to put people in place and set things in motion. And through his providence, people were born and they have children and those children have children. And there's this lineage that finally comes down to Jesus. And in the fullness of time, he comes into this earth. He's introduced. He dies on the cross. All this stuff is just planned out. If any part of it would have failed to come to pass, it would have been broken. But it all worked because God could see the end from the beginning. And he could just weave the scheme of redemption through those people and make it happen. And that's what he's done. And so when he tells us, here's what I want you to do, we need to trust him. Because his judgment isn't short-sighted. He's not going to get us halfway down the road and go, "Uh uh-oh, this doesn't work. He sees the end. So that's another reason that we should trust him with our lives. Because our Father does know best. He sees the end from the beginning. And then third and finally, he works on our behalf. As a boy, I remember, I don't even know where we were. But I remember my dad and my, me, we were riding in the car somewhere, and it was through a poverty-stricken area. The houses were just falling down. The windows were broken out. People were sitting on their front porches. Just, it, was, it was a tragic-looking situation. And um, I remember having this conversation with my dad and feeling so sorry for these people that were living in the accommodations that, that they had. And what struck me at the time is, man, it's bad enough to have this kind of existence here. But what if these people never hear the gospel? What if they're never saved? Not only would they have gone through a horror in this life, but what awaits them for the next life? They have no one working on their behalf. Uh, They're just slaves to their circumstances. That's not the case with the child of God. When God is my Father, I have a promise. In fact, if you open your Bible, look at it in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. The Apostle Paul says, we know, this is something that we know, we're not, we're not banking on or guessing on. He says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. That, I don't know about you, but that helps me deal with things I don't like in life. When something rocks my world and shakes and rattles my cage, I go to this passage This will work for good. I don't like what I'm going through. It hurts. It's painful. It it makes me not be able to sleep at night. But God can bring good from it. And he says he will. God doesn't say that everything will happen to his children and those things that happen to them will be good. But he says, I'll work whatever happens to your good. And so I can live with that. I can deal with that. To know that everything in life, that God is behind the scenes and he sees and he says, I can, I can fix that. I, I can work with that. I can make something good come from that. 
And that's what he promises. I don't know how he does that. I, I, you know, the, God in his providence um, works in our lives. I don't have any question that he does. He, he is able to manipulate events, to change the course of things. Things are different when I pray than when I don't pray. I, I truly believe that. That's what the Bible teaches. Else, why do we pray? God is able to interact in the affairs of men. And he says, I will on your behalf, if you're my child, and if you'll let me be your father. When given the choice of just going through life and letting circumstances happen to me with no meaning, or allowing circumstances to happen to me, maybe the same circumstances, but having the promise that there's a God behind those circumstances and says, I got this. I, I can fix this. I can make this good. I choose the latter. And that's what God can do for us. Father knows best. He's created us. He's created all there is. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Sometimes we're self-deceived. God can see through that as well. And so, as we come to the choices that we have in life, whose voice will we follow? Who will we listen to? God says this. Man says this. Maybe I say this. We need to realize Father knows best. And for these reasons that I've given you tonight, and for many more, I want to encourage you as you live out this week to take comfort in the fact that you serve a God who loves you. He doesn't want you as his servant, as his slave, as his friend, as his creation. He wants you as a son and a daughter. What manner of love is that? That we should be called the children of God. And because he's our father and loves us, he is going to seek out our good. He's going to protect us. He's going to uh, give us commandments that are good for us. He's going to set us on a course that he sees the end of before we're ever there and before we can even comprehend the end. And it's all good. He's working for our good. So I would encourage you tonight, if he's not yet your father, make him so. You can become a child of God through obedience to the gospel. If you haven't been baptized into Christ upon your faith and repentance of your sins, why don't you make that decision tonight? And if you are his child and you need the prayers of the church, you need encouragement, um, you need greater faith that he'll take care of you, then we'll pray with you to that end if you'll come as we stand together and sing.